What is up, everybody? I am back again. Um, sorry for the brief hiatus. Uh, just don't worry about it. So, um, this is the Social Internet Podcast. This week's episode is a little bit different because I'm going to be talking about something that I didn't know if I'd ever talk about on this show, but here we are. So, you may be 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 30 years old. I don't know, but... Odds are, if you still live in your parents' house, you're probably thinking about moving out of your parents' house. So, I did that at 18 years old, and I made some mistakes, and I was not ready. But I've learned tons from that experience, and I've learned tons from those around me, and just from watching everything from YouTube videos to reading, and just experience is the best way to learn things, but... I have learned a lot from this experience, so I wanted to list a few things and just kind of go over them and explain how it doesn't have to be a horrifying thing. It really can be a smooth transition, and you really can be ready for it. You just have to, um, you know, prepare yourself and know what to expect. So before I get into these five things, there is one sort of, I guess, bonus number that I'd like to go over. And this one doesn't work for everybody because uh, some people can't do this due to, like, circumstances or whatever. But if your parents are just insisting, please don't move out, please don't move out, you know, we'd like you to have you here and you should save up some money, by all means, do that. I'm not calling for anyone to move out of their house at 18, 19, 20 years old. You don't have to do that. I know people that are 26 and still living in their parents' house, and I know people that are um, 16 and getting ready to move out, you know? So it's it's a broad spectrum. But <coughs> the important thing to, is to know that, you know, if you have their support and you're okay with it, then by all means do it. It just drove me crazy. I can't live with my parents. I want my own space. I want to be able to, you know, poop with the door open and everything like that. So, um, yeah, if, if, if they are asking you, please stay, do it and save up a bunch of money and then move out. Because if you have like, oh, geez, anywhere from like a couple thousand to like 10 grand in your savings, you'll be like in good shape. sounds like a lot of money, but if you're living with your parents and you're working, like, a minimum wage job and say you get paid, say you're making, like, $1,000 a month, um, which is fair, and you're not spending it all on coffee and, you know, fancy food and all that stuff, after, like, 10 months, uh, you'll have $10,000. That's how that works. So, yeah, anyway... That was just sort of a brief preface, and I wanted to let you guys know that it is okay to stay with your parents. I'm not trying to condone or promote, hey, move out, screw your parents. It's not like that at all. But, so, w- anyway, number one, um, don't get into debt. This is one that I hold close to my heart because I almost made a huge mistake a couple years ago. So, I went to go get a car, and basically... I didn't know anything about interest rates or getting a loan or payments. I just thought it was like you go to the place and you tell the people you want a car and it's this much and then you pay it off over a certain amount of years. I didn't know that you go through, you know, a lender outside of 
the car dealership that is a bank and you get them to give you the money and then they buy the car, you know, from the dealership and then you pay them back at a hopefully a fixed rate, you know, but basically they tried to stick me at a 20% interest rate and I was going to owe like $18,000 on a $12,000 car, which sounds crazy and it is crazy and you should never ever do that. But I was told by everyone and their mother that, well, you have to get a loan because how are you going to build your credit and it'll teach you to be responsible and come on, you need a reliable vehicle. Don't listen to any of that. Please, good God, don't listen to any of that. Unless you are 100% in an excellent place where you can, you know, like, it's just not even going to hurt you. Like, if you're making, like, $100,000 a year and you got, like, a $200 car payment and no, like, outside responsibilities, no other debt, debt, like, all all your other debts consolidated, I guess go ahead and get one. But I'm going to say don't do it until you're, like comfortable and even then try to buy a car cash it's just not worth the headache it's not worth it's a it's a succubus that takes money out of your account every month you got to get full coverage on your insurance which is going to be high because you're 18 years old you probably haven't been driving that long trust me it's really not worth it you want to stay away from all debt that's what i'm getting to with this with number one stay away from as much debt as possible If you don't have to take out a loan to get your washer and dryer, don't. But what I was getting to was, you probably heard me say, you know, a lot of people told me that the best way to build your credit would be to get a car loan because it's like, it it does look really, really good and it builds your credit really fast. However, if you open up several small accounts, like say you go and get a washer and dryer, that's what I did. I got a washer and dryer and my bed. Um, my mattress and like um, my couch. I basically furnished my home and got some appliances and I pay on those. And then my wife's engagement ring or my soon to be wife's engagement ring. Even if I could afford it, you know, even if you could put the money down right then, you're better off just taking the loan out and paying on it at that point. But what I would suggest would be in order to build credit, without like because a car loan you're talking about like you probably don't have thirteen thousand dollars laying around most people don't right so you might have three thousand dollars laying around or seven hundred for a mattress but instead of taking the money up to the store and saying hey i want this mattress go to a place that will approve you if you have no credit to get a loan and then all you got to do is say hey do you report to the credit bureaus i'll say yes be careful because sometimes they don't but Maybe do a little bit of research beforehand and see if the bank they work with actually reports to the, you know, three main credit unions. And if they do, then go through with it. Say, hey, I would like to take out a loan on this mattress. Take that $700, set it aside, don't touch it, and then every month go and pay on it. And then you'll slowly see your credit credit score start to build. Now, that is a really good way to build credit without having to have a car loan. I will say that whenever you do go to get a car loan, if you have to afterward, you're still going to, they're going to try to stick you with a bad interest rate if you do not have a car a car loan on your credit history. Um, unless you have like five years of like history of like good payments and taking out a lot of credit. So like if, if, you, if you're only paying for like a couple years and you got like two accounts open and, and you know you pay them regularly, 
they're going to say that you don't have enough credit history and they're still going to try to hit you with like a 7% loan, which is like not good. You want to try to get below 5. 5 is really, really good. Um, and anything lower than like 3 is like legendary and probably not going to happen unless you're involved with like a credit bureau or something like that. Moral of the story, do not take a loan out unless you 100% have to. We really, really like uh, idolize, I guess is the word, that in our society, and I think it's ridiculous. If you don't have to take out a loan, don't do it. Number two, make a realistic budget. Now, this is one of the ones that I just did recently, and I feel guilty about it because like, I feel like I should have done it a long time ago. But some crazy percentage, I read like 90% or something of Americans don't have $1,000 in savings and don't have a budget drawn up, which I think is crazy. No matter how much money you make, 100%, you should have a budget. Even if you know all of your money is going, like if you know that you have $5 left over each paycheck and everything is going toward necessities, draw up a budget. Because when you draw up a budget, all it is is an equation. You're just saying... I'm making this much, and I'm spending this much on these things. So I'm making X, I'm spending Y on, you know, whatever, other letters. (laughs) But essentially, whenever you make a budget, and I'd say do it on paper. I've strongly encouraged doing these things on paper. I don't know why, but I've never been much of a user of paper up until recently, and it really does help, like when making grocery lists and um, doing that. Uh, So... Pull out a notebook, right? I'm making X amount per month, and I'm spending it on, I'm spending eight hundred dollars on rent, two hundred dollars on groceries, this on this, and this on this, and I have this much left over. If you do that, I one hundred percent guarantee you. Even if you're like I said, if if all your money is going toward necessities, you'll find a way to cut back. Because if you like, if there's something like groceries, and you're like man, I really wish I had like $20 left over to put into savings instead of $5. Maybe you can say, well, I'm spending 200 on groceries. And if you look in your pantry and you got like a bunch of like half-eaten bags of chips, that's probably going to explain why you're spending so much damn money, you know? So figure that out first. And then once you've done that, cut that back. Go back the next month and draw it up again and say, how much money do I have left over? How much did I spend on this? Keep your receipts, you know? Lay them out on the table. How much did I spend on this? Look at your bank statement. All right. I spent $20 on Spotify this month. Did I really need to do that? You know, am I really using it enough to where I can justify it? When you start drawing up things like that, it really helps you allocate your money in a way that you are comfortable with. Because I think too many people are just like, ah, whatever. You know, like, I, I the money's going somewhere anyway. Yeah, but, I mean, trust me, like... It sucks now to, like, skip out on the Chick-fil-A, which I have a problem with. I eat a lot of Chick-fil-A. But it sucks now to skip out on the Chick-fil-A and go home and make, like, rice and beans and fruit. But not only will you feel better from eating that way, but whenever you save that $10 every single day, and then at the end of the month, you're like, holy crap, I have a couple hundred bucks extra left over. Where did that come from? Well, it came from, you know, being smart with your money. Now put it in savings. And then three months later, next thing you know, you got a couple thousand dollars. That was bad math, but you know what I mean. Um, so yeah, just draw up a budget, make a realistic budget. Don't say I, I want to save five hundred dollars every paycheck because for most people that's not possible unless you're living like you make a lot less than you do. 
which is a good thing to do, but a lot of people don't make enough to where they can do that money-wise. So, number three, and this one, oh my God, I cannot stress this one enough. It kind of ties into um, the first one partially, but take your time, whether you have to go out and buy a book or watch a YouTube video or listen to podcasts by me, take your time to understand things and to learn about them, okay? So, say you just got insurance, your own health insurance policy for the first time in your life, and you need to go to urgent care because you got a boo-boo on your knee, you scraped your knee, and you get there, and they're like, hey, there's a $15 copay, and you swipe for it. You're going to get a thing in the mail in a couple months, or maybe even a month from now. Who knows? It's weird the times at which they send them, but you'll get a thing in the mail that says, this is not a bill. It's an explanation of benefits, which is an EOB. So an EOB is going to tell you basically how much the place charged you initially, how much your stuff cost, whatever happened, whatever they did to you. I don't know if they rubbed Neosporin on it and put a Band-Aid on your boo-boo or whatever, but they're going to tell you how much that cost, and then they're going to tell you how much they paid, the insurance company, and then it's going to say how much you likely paid. So basically, it's going to say $15 of it wasn't covered, and that's what you had to pay. So it's things like that that were not taught to me in high school or by my parents, so I had to go out and figure that out on my own. So I would strongly encourage anyone, before you start doing things like taking out loans on houses and going to the doctor all willy-nilly and doing all these things, just go and learn about a few basic things like how insurance works, how in interest rates work, and, you know, things like, I don't know, loans... Uh, all that type of stuff. I don't know. I I, ca- I came ill-prepared, I suppose. Sorry, I hit my boom, but I came ill-prepared, but just l- look it up, man. Look up. Hey, what should I know? <laughs> like, what what do I want? Anything you've ever wondered about, like, hmm, how does that work? It works somehow. Like, it, it doesn't just come out of nowhere. Oh, this amount of money goes toward my insurance out of my paycheck every month. Oh, okay, cool. So, like, once you start to understand those things, you start to kind of see where your money is going, see the way money works. It's actually quite fascinating, for me at least. So, um, number four. Uh, this one I have an issue with, unfortunately. Um, but I think it's really, really beneficial. My fiancé taught me to do this, and I think that maybe it's something that is a lot more people know about than me. But if you're like me and you weren't raised playing sports or like super like go get them parents, then uh, you don't really, this wasn't instilled in you at a young age, but set goals and achieve them. But the way you have to do so is like if you're setting a goal, if you're saying, hey, I want, you know, 100 podcast viewers by the end of this month, you have to draw it out on paper and say, how am I going to get there? You know, am I going to go out and advertise to 10,000 people? That way that maybe a hundred of them click my thing. Is that worth it? You know, um, 
Am I going to make sure that I do an episode every single week and work on it one hour each day so that I can make sure that the maximum quality is going into these episodes? Are you going to do that? These are all questions that you really have to ask yourself whenever you set a goal. <clears throat> but I, I just think the really the most important thing is setting the goal and saying this is how I'm going to get there. Because it's one thing to say I want to do this, and it's another thing to say I'm going to do this. Which gets me in, I, I kind of want to segue just briefly. This is kind of going to be a sidebar, but the law of attraction does not work by sitting on the couch and smashing your nuts and saying, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire, I'm going to be a millionaire one day. It just doesn't work like that. I can't say firsthand because I'm not a millionaire, so maybe that's what I've been doing wrong. But I don't think that anyone that just set out and said, I'm going to go to Cuba and I'm going to smoke a cigar on the highest mountain ever got there just by putting you know pictures up on their wall of Cuba and smoking cigars in their backyard every day. That's not the way that it's supposed to work. You have to make actions and make sure that your thoughts... And your actions reinforce the things that you want to do. So if you do want to become the next manager at your facility, go out and do all the stuff that you know is, uh, is that you have to do to get there and keep a positive outlook. And then you'll get a whole lot further than the guy that's like, me, 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 me. That's what it's about. That's the law of attraction. If you... Do good things. Good things will happen. Thoughts become things, but they don't become things without actions. Thoughts need actions to become things. So, sidebar. Sorry about that. But set goals. <clears throat> know what you want to do. And, um, yeah, go out and achieve them. Destroy the goals, as some people say. Um, the final note that I'll have about this, and then I might talk about some other stuff at the end, but... The final note that I got is just got to be that it's coming. Hold on. It's really lame and I'm having trouble saying it, but just be yourself. Yeah, I said it. But I want you to listen to me, okay? Listen to me, whoever you are. Listen to me and be yourself because you hear that from older people. And if you're like me, you're like, that's stupid and it sounds dumb and it, I'm not a you know what <clears throat> but I'm not a girl I'm not a little girl but honest to God there's a reason why people have been saying that and if you just take away the stigma that you have surrounding it like uh, it's just something that people say to be motivational and just look at it at face value of just be yourself I swear to God it's going to help you so much don't worry about what that guy has don't worry about what that guy's doing because at the end of the day, you're living for yourself and, you know, for your loved ones. But you you are in your body and you're doing the stuff that you're doing. So stop worrying about that guy over there. Because the dude that has the half a million dollar house is half a million dollars in debt. I guarantee you he's not doing as good as you think he is. I, I've seen it myself. The guy that's driving the really nice car, something out of something times... Uh, that as in nine times out of ten, but I don't know if it's really nine times out of ten. They took out a loan to get that car, and they're not in a good space. So whenever you're at home eating apples and munching on rice, and you're like, oh my god, I really wish I had a Ferrari. 
remember that the people that have a Ferrari and deserve a Ferrari did the same thing that you're doing, unless they got a handout. If they got a handout, screw them. Who cares about people with handouts? That just that sucks for them because they had they never had to experience like moving out of your parents' house at 18. It's scary as shit. Like you walk up, you know, and you walk into like this uh, metaphorical forest where the ceiling is just basically bills and like the leaves on the trees are bills and the trees are mean people that your parents can't protect you from anymore and your goals are the sky above you and how the hell are you going to get there? You can't climb those trees and make it past all those leaves without a weed whacker being God knows what, but I don't know. Enough poor metaphors. All I can say is you got to be yourself. You got to drop a budget. You got to know what you're doing. And I really want to help people know what they're doing. So that's why I made this video because I know that there are people out there that are like, shit, man, I really want to get on my parents' house. And I hear you. I mean, it's, it's really, it truly is a drag living in your parents' house after 18. And I get it if you're like in your mid-20s, like I said. I mean, if, you, if you're cool with it, if you can do it, save up your money for as long as you can and buy a house cash. Like, if you're 30 and you're still living with your parents, I will say this. If you are, like, 27 and still living with your parents, 25, 26, 27, like, up there, and let's assume that you, you're you not paying off student loan debt. Let's assume that you didn't go to school or something like that. Like, you're just living with your parents, like, smoking weed, smashing your nuts in the basement, and you don't have at least, let's say, five thousand and that is giving you some like that is honest to god like that's really really giving you some because five thousand dollars is really easy to save if you don't have at least five grand saved up you're the worst you need to figure it out bro or uh bro at i guess some women do that too i don't know though it seems like girls i guess maybe it's because girls are faster to mature than men but it seems like if every time I see a girl that still lives with her parents that's over the age of 20, they really got it figured out. I, re- I never really see them like, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, I think that's uh, going to go ahead and wrap it up for this episode. I've been talking for just about long enough. So just take your time, save your money. Do the right thing. Don't take out a loan unless you absolutely have to because it's 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 going to help you build credit, but it's also going to help you become in debt. So, like, if you can, consolidate all your debt right now. And if you don't have any, don't get any. I mean, and I don't count it as debt if you, like, have the money. Like, like I was saying previously, like, if you have the money set aside to pay for it and you say, this is the Badcock money. I'm going to pay Badcock furniture with this money. I already made it. I already dedicated it to that. I'm just using that account to my advantage to build credit. By all means, do so. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about those guys who go out and they're like, I'm going to get an Audi so I can have sex with women. Now, that's stupid. You know what? That's it. I'm not wrapping this episode up. I'm keeping going, buddy, because I got a little something to say. If you buy a car with the sole intent of looking cool or impressing others, you're an idiot. A car is merely a vehicle to get back and forth from one place to another. Now, if you're a car enthusiast, I would strongly encourage you to go out and build a car. 
Don't go buy a $50,000 Camaro if you're not making $50,000 a year. And I don't even mean that. I mean, like, if, you, if you're making $150,000 a year, if it's a third of your income, fine. That's still too much to me. But <clears throat> if you're paying more than 30% of your income a year toward a car, <laughs> buddy boy, you're stupid, man. You're dumb. People with $500 car payments are out of their mind. There's no way. You can take that $500 car payment, just drive a beater for a little while if you can, save up the $500 car payment for, what, six months, and you'd have, like, three grand? Is that right? Yeah. $3,000? Hey, man. Wait. Hold on. Yes. Hey, you can get a pretty bitchin' car for $3,000. I got me a nice little car for three grand. Save up your money. Buy stuff cash. Don't pay the government if you don't have to. I'm just kidding about that part. But just just listen to me. I promise you it's going to work out better for you in the end. Don't be afraid to take that next step and move out of your parents' house. Don't be a nester. Your parents are going to be empty nest syndrome, but I guarantee they won't if you're 26 it's still smoking weed in their basement. It's totally, totally, totally not cool. That's it. That's all I got for this <coughs> week. Peace out, guys. Have a great week at work. If you go to work, have a great week. You know, smashing your nuts in your parents' basement if that's what you do. Peace out. <laughs>